0: Well, there are tips to help children develop independent learning habits. Our guest is the education consultant and parenting coach, Joseph Dreesen of Education Answers. He says creating these habits can start young. The benefits are lifelong, and parents and caregivers have a key role. Joseph, welcome back. Nice to talk.
1: Hey, nice to talk, Catherine. Yes, very good.
0: So specifically, (laughs) what are you talking about here?
1: Well, um, the research shows that some families are just really good. they have what they have they have got a culture in their family culture which values learning, and they transmit that to their children from day one. And the children, just learn the joy of learning like enjoying means joy the joy of of doing it and uh, the research shows that other parents don't have that or they have patches of it Um, but actually it's it's a a masterable skill set you can just figure out what to do and do it and um, the research also shows that on the whole um, being well-educated and loving learning and get you into a pathway of navigating life in a very constructive way. And on the whole, you you, you have a better sort of life than if you have a narrow skill set, you're uneducated, uh, you have to kind of uh, make a living from just um, unskilled labor. That The research shows don't go that way. You know, Try and, and skill yourself up. So that's what this is all about.
0: And so, independent learning specifically, how would you define those attributes in a child?
1: Well, independent learning is that the child discovers the the joy, the happiness, the sense of achievement of doing some learning activity which they find uh, satisfying and they develop gradually an independent habit of actually doing it by themselves self-governing them and actually realizing this is actually a lot of fun it's really interesting it is like learning a new hobby or taking up a new sport and for some children uh, that that is uh, something they need to be taught and scaffolded and helped with their family. And so what what it really means is that the child enjoys learning, they enjoy sitting down and doing the job, they can schedule a bit of time, they enjoy finishing it, and they enjoy getting the positive feedback from the school. And really it could be something very simple when a child is very small, uh, sitting next with your parents and reading together, that's how most children learn their reading skills Skills. They do readers at home. And then they might have a little worksheet which they finish and they show their mum, and that's easy. And then as they get more involved with it, they, they then develop a learning place, etc. and they, they gradually develop these skills.
0: Many schools moving away from yes. set homework, aren't they, Joseph? And is that in yes. itself a bad thing, or is it a case of not throwing baby out with bathwater?
1: Well, um... I propose that the concept that that is actually a long-standing New Zealand culture that homework sort of is actually a waste of time and uh, it's annoying for the kids and, and why should we do that? But 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 unfortunately, that contrasts very strongly with European um, families and also Asian families. Um, they, they don't believe that. They think actually the earlier you can start a child on, on that path of, of learning and enjoyment, the better it is. But so... Um, and some families, they regardless of what the school sets or doesn't set, encourage that culture of just learning how to learn and enjoying it. So uh, whether or not the school gives you anything, you can you can set the child something which they want to do. Maybe a, 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 a make a movie uh, um, with the internet, or uh, they uh, set a uh, some set, set themselves a task to develop a series of photographs, and they email that to their friends, etc. It's all learning. It's all doing things. But uh, just scrolling through <laughs> integra- Instagram yes. and and just texting your friends—it's a different activity. So than it's that.
0: purposeful. It's purposeful, and it requires some um, cognitive effort. All right. So what's the parent's role here in helping develop this?
1: Well, the parents at the stage of that they they transmit their values. To the child by just their modelling and their talking, and so they value. They say it's really valuable. It's really interesting, and they show that in words, in word and deeds. So, for example, what a family might do, they might just say, talk with them, and say, Would you like to have a? Um, would you like to sit down and 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 help you with your worksheet, or are you doing this little project? Have you thought of writing a letter? Um, or, or doing a little project for a person they they just they just show that they also talk about what they have done they, they in a discussion they might weave around that uh, you know they really enjoyed their apprenticeships uh, when uh, when they were younger and how much work it took and and what it was a great thing to pass their exams or you know they might show a photograph of their own graduation they just transmit to the child, that actually learning has been a big part of my life, and it has been really great. And so that's that's one thing you can do. You can also actually talk about your family. Many family members are actually quite inspirational uh, people who go into a pathway of learning, and you can you can talk about them, or your grandparents, or your, your brother, or etc. So the child, after a while, realizes oh that this that's what happens in this family, you know. These people are really interested in this activity and uh, they seem to enjoy it and they they do well in it. And so that's how you set the scene. And then I think the most critical part is that you've got to realise with a small child and a younger child at primary school and even your secondary school that you actually need to provide a little bit of scaffolded structure. And so the, the first thing is actually Like, for example, I know one mother who was just so brilliant, she would sit her three children around the kitchen table and she would sit down with them. And I think it's a very important part for parents to realize that going back to the attachment uh, framework is the emotional support, the sense of well-being the child gets when they are with their mom or dad, that actually generates For them the curiosity and energy to launch forth into whatever activity they want to do so just like the parents standing on the sidelines encouraging the child from their first soccer games launches them into playing soccer as a sport so it's the parents sitting next to the child and saying well what are you doing you know and how's your reading going or They're not doing it for them. They're not doing it with them. They're just saying, I'm here for you. I'm on your side. And for many children sitting by themselves in their room, it's a very lonely existence. And for many children, it's much better to be part of the family. And that also means that a family sort of rearranges their routines a little bit. Maybe the the television goes off or people are a bit quieter. Just Just to give the child a sense of structure and space. But the presence, the psychological presence of the supportive parent is the key to get a child, to give the child the energy. And, and the courage to actually launch forth and do some work. It's actually, so, uh, it's pl- an
0: intrinsic reward in some ways, isn't it, that company as well? Um, and, Ab- absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we, can we Ab- delve into yeah. it a little more detail? Just, um, I know you'll have more you want to get through, we've got plenty of time, but you were talking, No, 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 no. Yeah, you were talking about the modeling focus and effort. And this is interesting, isn't it? It's about building an expectation of desire and ability to achieve, whatever that is, right? Um, yeah. And you've, um, you, you're talking about also finding someone in the family where someone's reached goals and dreams and that's because of work ethic and persistence. And that brings us back to Carol Dweck's wisdom. Don't tell them they're brilliant. Tell them you admire them because they persevere. But another one is talking about their interests and when you find a nugget, taking them off i don't know it that they might want to be a professional footballer great go and go and introduce them to uh, to a role model there because it's not the specific that matters it's the linking of goal setting planning and effort yeah
1: correct absolutely and and actually uh, children of all of us we we evolve our 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 motivation for reachable goals, and and in doing so, um, the first passions we have are often incredibly inc- critical. Like I drive past uh, on my trips to uh, to to Whanganua, I drive past uh, a, a house where some kids still do the old-fashioned lemonade stand. It's unbelievable. In the summer, it's so sweet, you know, to see two kids with a little lemonade stand. But that's that's their passion, you know that, and their parents have encouraged it and scaffold. It and protect them and keep them safe, but so yes, whatever they're interested in, it is worthwhile for you to support that and say, well, how far can you take that? Like there's a famous um, uh, child who's uh, a famous YouTuber. He's a multi-millionaire uh, because he he talks about the toys and and and, and he right. started that I think when he was four. So it
0: might not yeah, be their life course in the end, but it's that connection between being passionate about. Something and then seeing what's involved to get there is what you're trying to seed. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. All right. And the incredible rewards of, you know, the, the, the we, we are hardwired. To, to to gain our goals to gain to reach our goals and to gain to gain the pathway we're looking for and we feel absolutely wonderful when we have reached that and when you learn that when you're five as a YouTuber fine and then eventually that becomes you know later on you might become an architect or you might become a plaster or run a well, garage well you might retire at but twenty <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the structuring um, well but actually you shouldn't be retiring you know I do I know, no I know. And, and, and is associated with, with not retiring
0: someone with that kind of um, Uh, kind of um, uh, innovation and insight won't but let's talk about what's sufficient for you were talking about structuring and scaffolding what's the appropriate length of time broadly speaking for different ages and and when do you sort of time it to work in with where their bodies and minds are at
1: yeah the, the key thing is actually to institute the concept that you don't sit down and you keep on working until it's finished, because that's often very discouraging, and uh, you just have a little episode. And so once you once you liberate your child from the from the anxiety, I've got to sit here until I've finished it, and I'm not sure how to do it, and and I'm restless, and I can't, you know, I just want to have a break. Once you once you liberate them from that by just saying, just work, say for a small child at the kitchen table, say, for 10 minutes, you know, and I'm sitting next to you or I'll do the cooking and keep an eye on you. And then as the child says, well, I haven't quite finished it. Well, don't worry. Uh, After dinner, we'll have another five for a very small child. So they, they realize that if you take a chunk Of time and effort you run out of energy after a while and for some children and you just have a break once you schedule that then you don't feel anxious or guilty about it you just do it and so after a while the child realizes that little episodes are good so that's what I would suggest to to the parents that you have a limited time an episode of of supported work maybe 10 minutes for a small child and then some children are just very it depends on their on their sort of for restlessness some children are very calm and peaceful and they like to do it for 20 minutes fine other kids get restless after 10 minutes just go for a walk you know or just stop it and we'll do it later on once they're at primary school, I'm a great believer that children should learn and, and the enjoyment of learning when they're younger, because otherwise, when they come to, to uh, year 10 and 11, they have to do it. It's an alien thing for them. But so once they're in primary school, they should spend maybe, say, just a quarter of an hour and maybe two quarter of an hour uh, spread over the day. But once you get into year 10, 9, 10, 11, uh, p- parents must realize that, children don't master the concepts at school instantaneously by listening to the teacher or reading the book or talking to each other. It is a lot of practice. Now, some people are highly intelligent and they can just sit down and daydream their day away in class and listen with one ear and understand everything. But other children, most children, including me, well, we had to go back and think about it and practice it. And so, um, Many children actually don't do as well at school because they don't practice and think about and do little work, a little bit of examples at home. So I would develop year nine and year 10 children, definitely, and even as intermediate, you know, what is your assessment and what do you have to do and, and, and shall we do a little bit of work on that? So it becomes a bit longer. And then, of course, and maybe we should have a separate talk about that, um, that the art and craft for a senior student in year 12 and 13 to not only master the work, but also do the assignments, then also meet a deadline for the revision work, and also have their own revision schedule, that is actually a very high-skill study system which some senior students don't have, and the parents would do well to actually help them with that. It's not
0: only um, uh, high skill and strategic, but you've needed those building blocks. We all know procrastination. Gosh, I can remember start, <laughs> starting to study yeah. for a university exam about two thirty in the morning after I'd watched a couple of yeah. horror films. Like that is just yeah. what the brain does to put off hard effort, right? And yeah. if you tackle yeah. that and learn some, you know, hacks for getting past that when you're younger, um, yeah. then you can focus on the designing of the years. Yeah. You know, um, course and in, in what's going to be
1: due when. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, um, and, the, and the key and the key to that, if I may, just make a comment about that. That anxiety, it's caused procrastination is anxiety, and the anxiety is that oh god, you know how much work is this, and can I do it, and will I fail, and etc. Where do I start? And the key is to actually split the job mm-hmm. into tiny wee bits Chunk and it. actually just. To start. Start on the bits. Open yeah. your book. Yeah, yeah. Get
0: going. There you go. <laughs> yes,
1: I interrupted you. Sorry. No, yeah, carry on. No, that's fine.
0: The other issue about homework, for those who who are into it and in doing it, um, and, uh, is how much and should a parent help? There's a spectrum between you know, pointing some stuff out or helping them with a the concept they're stuck on right through to basically doing their assignment for them.
1: Um, yeah. And,
0: and how long do you leave someone struggling before you intervene? I mean, these are the same kinds of things that professional educators get taught, but what about someone supporting at home?
1: Yeah, it's really great. I think it's actually, uh, there's two fundamental things. You're there to support them and then you're there to make say say let's pretend we've got a year eleven child in working away in their in their room and by the way I would always have the door open and come and visit them every so often. It's called an attachment visit technically. You're just saying I'm here for you. Hey, how are you getting on? And um and they know that, you know, you, you put the scaffolding in place that they can't have the phones, et cetera. And they're struggling with their work and and then you can just say and how's that getting on? You know, what are you trying to do here? I'm trying to learn there's this whole new terrain or thing or whatever and and I, I don't quite know how to do it and and so and and so what's working for you you know what are your options you become a little bit of a counselor you say so and just the very fact that the child is articulating it to you is a very good thing and then you can say well can I help you would you like me to help you revise like what do you have to know on your book and you know, would you like me to ask you that you're not helping you're not doing it for them you're just scaffolding support and um, and and even if you think well this is chaotic you yeah, know this is terrible the work the teacher's going to kind of you know r- r- commit harikari because it's so bad don't do that you, your job is not to criticize your job is not to do it for them your job is to say can I help you do you need help hand here or hand there or do a bit of revision together or ask you that list of words your job is to be emotionally supportive to encourage their self agency and to see how you can solve that I did a big research project on why some children are so good at maths. And the answer was that in some ethnic communities, uh, their fathers sit next to their children, but they don't do the homework for them. They just are there to say, well, you know, how is it getting on? So it is basically support, help, and but not criticize and not be horrified, whatever the child does, because that's a teacher job to see if they can gradually improve that.
0: Joseph, thank you very much, Joseph Dreesen.